turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. Hello there, Tim. Hi, Ryan. And hello, and hello to all of you who may be listening. This is another episode, yet another episode of Dismembering Horror. Technically, they are listening yes. because they're listening. And hopefully they still are <laughs> to this new episode, brand spanking new of Dismembering Horror, where we are continuing our our our, our delve, our dive into J-Horror. Deep dive. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Four we we've agreed on four um four J whores in succession. So and we, we split that up with uh with last week's uh st- strangers, Pray at Night. <laughs> and we got one older one we're looking at next time. Yeah, we had to clean our, our J whore palette of going to see oh my god, it was so bad. Oh, I regret that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, we gave them So we got money. one more after this. Yeah, one more. But what uh, we do this week? This week? Well, well, we got all... Can you hear my hair? It's related. <laughs> we, we got into some uh, J-horror hair horror this week. Oh, man. I, uh, I'm i a fan of this filmmaker's, the, the film we watched this week from... from uh, well, I have, he, he's known for being a uh, prolific filmmaker, actually. Oh, really? And very sort of like hit or miss. He's like one of those just kind of like knocks him out and and to, to varying results but but <laughs> I, actually i can see that <laughs> right the, the one among those though was actually one that i had recommend deaded because it's like one of my top favorite oh. movies of all time called love exposure yeah, which the, was the, the the 50 hour long yes movie. Yeah, four remember. hour long uh, japanese love story <laughs> and it came out um i think the, this film that we watched for this week is the one that came out right before that one, so it was interesting to see the context for me. For you? Yeah. This is just interesting, period, for me, <laughs> to yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> Sion Sono is the filmmaker we're talking about, and what's the film that we're talking about that we're going to talk about today, Tim? The film is x Day Hair Extensions. <laughs> これは怖いです。見たことないです。美しい髪を持つ美容師の卵。死体置き場で働く紙フェチ男。綺麗な髪だね。幼き少女を巻き込んで恐怖の世界に突入する。And boy, oh boy, I I know uh, I know um I know I tend to uh, to not to not take the duties on coming up with a summary. Oh no, something should strike me. I but think it's because like I always, it's all you. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's like you. I can just see your brain always going, Tim, like just trying to like oh. in your soul, just trying to make sense of when we watch these kind of out there Japanese ones, like when we yeah. watched Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh man. Or like when we watch a bad one and you're just like, uh, how do I even? So, so yeah. with this one, I think. How do you even? Are, wait, I have to do it. Yes. Oh God damn it! Ah, <laughs> uh, I tried last night actually to do it when I went out and met up with some friends, and I found myself going down this like 
I'm just talking, I'm like just telling them the movie, right? It's not even a summary. It's, I'm just like, and then this happened and then this, I was like, shit. So, okay. I, I could probably do this. Here we go. When two police officers discover a, what do you call those things? A shipping container <laughs> that smells filled with human hair they also discover a body and the story of x day is the story of the <laughs> shit of the well it's the, with the body so. yeah it's 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 the ramifications of what happened to that body in life and the uh i guess sort of curse of that 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 um affects two people essentially god this sucks this is the worst summary ever let me start over okay x day hair extensions is the story of a no man well it's hard this is hard because because we can choose like the three perspectives do we choose like the main girl the 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 crazed guy the hair fetishist or from the point of view of the body the dead person right um man this i mm, okay (laughs) x day hair extensions (laughs) is the story of a a budding hairstylist and her family drama and when a hair fetishist gets a hold of a body in the morgue that he works at, antics ensue. The end. Hair, hair <laughs> antics. It's, it's, I mean, it's not really. And then antics ensue. And then their mistaken identity. And uh, people, no, it's. I don't know. It's, how do you. Exp- horror, hair how do you ex- horror ensues. Yeah, how do you explain the the hair taking on sort of a life of its own because of this curse yeah because i mean we i'm not even sure where i guess since we're still summarizing <laughs> I, I you know like where do you how how do you explain the the motive of the of the hair <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> you're just listening this, to that back this movie that very question yeah just, this movie as a phrase just destroyed my well, brain. the motive of the hair the hair it's so this movie's super twisted in in a lot of ways that i love but there is sort of a thematic there's a few thematic things going on that I don't know uh, that seem to be unrelated to each other and so it's hard for me to like pull together like a concise way of of describing what the what is going on Mm -hmm. but I guess in the most simple terms it's like I still feel like I'm just telling the plot you know what I mean well I think um I think we should move on because this is traditionally yeah. a short, a short segment. <laughs> that was horrible. But I that's mean, my worst one ever. Well, also the intention of this is to, hey, we aren't just reading it off of IMDb. This right. is this is you, and hopefully you've seen the film too with us. So this is 
just uh, some context of where our heads are at and trying to trying to figure this out. And yeah. I'm sure you listening have a good one at the tip of your tongue. You're, you wish you could scream at us, but yay, <laughs> that is not how this works. So how would you rate this film in our rating system? Ooh, well, I think that I would just say, oh, is it worth renting for me? Yes, I'd rent it. It's so weird, but it's <laughs> it's cool, but freaky as fuck. Yeah, I'd say rent it. I mean, just for I your... wouldn't buy it. I mean, I don't honestly. I don't want to watch this movie again, and I'll explain why. <laughs> It's actually because of the things that I have in things that worked for me. I, I don't want to see some of this stuff again for a while. Hey, well, that's, I think. But that's, that's a good sign, That's right? a really good thing, because remember, that's 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 our mission here. Yeah. Our, our personal mission was you want to seek what scares you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm glad if we could dig up uh, maybe not some gold, a little silver, at least. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you? I was definitely like... You know, this is a hearty rent for me, but there is a moment at the end where I went from really oh, liking it I know to exactly loving what you're it. talking about. <laughs> I'm not one to give visceral reactions like Tim does, but there was a moment in this where I like had to clap and yell at the ending, which we'll get to in the next section. But that made it borderline like wanna own. But I think kind of like what I said about the grudge movies, like if I found like a C- the films of Sion and Sono cheap box set at like, ah, uh, yeah, at like uh, Amoeba or something. Yeah, it'd be cool to have them on my shelf. But like at the same time, I don't feel like immediately I need to see this again or it's a place I need mm. to go to often. Yeah. Well, um, and I guess I think what one of the things we're finding with with our little trip into J-horror is that they're they're really intense. I mean, like. If for nothing else, like they sort of sit with you for a, a while, which is pretty amazing and and awesome that that's kind of a a, a characteristic. Or maybe we're just getting lucky with the ones that we're watching because we're we're pulling really, I don't know if they're well known, but yeah, they're we're, well I mean, received. We're, we're grabbing them from like top whatever lists, yeah. and um, so I, but, this one is a hearty rent for cool. me. I think is what I settled on. Yeah, I, I get that. Hearty rent slash box set. <laughs> yeah <laughs> official ratings here uh well let's let's talk about things that worked for us yeah work like a charm smith <laughs> what Well, you bring up uh, what you had just brought up, the intensity of these J-horror films. Yeah, man. And this filmmaker, which I want to touch on in different ways, but I think one thing that really worked for me was, um, well, the 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 um, character story-wise, the intensity in this one had to do with, like, a, a child abuse. Oh, There's no, like, man. subtle the, way to it, put it. Yes, and the, it's really, really heavy. And, and, like, there were times when I was like, I'm this is... This is hard to watch. Yeah. Like, and not in a bad way, but I mean, I just was like, it's like, it's weighing on you that we're, we're diving into this subject matter in, in a film where like, at times you're flipping from something so serious and so kind of like upsetting with the, with the abuse stuff and then jumping over to uh, Yamazaki the hair fetishist and 
and he's a goofball. So absurd. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, it's jarring, but I almost think necessarily jarring. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, this is things that worked. What worked for me about that is like, it was a good example of how (laughs) maybe it's like, it almost sounds like a cheap method, but this is just kind of the filmmaker of like, just using these techniques of like by by putting us at that heavy level mm. we are going to view the context of as as ridiculous as everything else gets we are already from a heavy heart place you know it's sort of like yeah. by stretching you open at all a certain amount it just helps everything else squeeze through that makes sense yeah i yeah i think i know what you mean there's sort of um it's interesting it's almost like getting into this super heavy stuff and then seeing absurdity it almost to me it almost made the absurdity less absurd in a weird way it's like it was like a well because i think for me a lot of the time when you start to tip into camp and and like slapsticky stuff i'm not generally a big fan of that it depends on the context, I guess, obviously, because there's like Evil Dead stuff that is is really slapsticky that I love. But as a general rule, I'm not super big on that. But given this construct, I'm almost it, it's like I'm I'm happy that I'm getting that because it's like, oh, thank God I get a little like levity and a little relief from something super heavy and it almost makes me appreciate and pay more attention kind of to the 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 lighter goofier moments because i'm i'm in need of it Mm -hmm. so it's an interesting device to take you from such far ends of a spectrum and ping pong you back and forth because um and we talked about this in a different way about tetsuo Tetsuo doesn't give you an opportunity to to sort of check out, right? And and in, in I think this is doing a similar thing in that by the time you're going, oh man, like this is a like this content is is kind of weighing on me. It's it's pretty well time to jump into the other end of the spectrum, uh, and and give you you know this totally different, almost almost a different movie. Um, where it's suddenly hair is growing everywhere and it's like fucking crazy. And you have the hair fetishist singing yeah, about y- hair yeah, and yeah, like yeah. <laughs> riding around on a tricycle yeah. with his guitar. So there's, I think that's a really good lesson in, in kind of knowing how to ping pong your audience around, mm-hmm. um, especially in horror. Cause you want people to be kind of well off their pins. What so I think speak. maybe helps it work, why it doesn't feel, um, in, in poor taste, like the Strangers movies, which, right, got, which yeah. we talked about, is you see like as as like bizarre and, you know, whatever, whatever, however we're describing like the hair fetishists and the sillier aspects as, as, as silly as they get, the you can tell the filmmaker like looks at both extremes with equal gravitas. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he may be bemused by this guy, yes. but he also like fully believes him and it doesn't really so, so so it sort of crosses that line into um into you know truth is stranger than fiction like yeah. oh i yeah, almost yeah, yeah. can I, I i do buy this right you know as as much as my initial reaction is to laugh like as soon as i start thinking about it i'm like this guy 
he's you, twisted. You'd see him around in real right, life. Right, right. No, I thought the same thing. I remember thinking, like, in a way, and maybe this is because of the heaviness of the the um, Yuko's story, um, the absurdity and this insanity and the sort of craziness of Yamazaki, the hair fetishist. Am I saying that right? Yamazaki. Yeah, that's right. Um, I still thought of him as a human, right? And I think that that's an, that's carrying over from looking at the other storyline that is so deeply human and then going to even this guy who is acting goofy and weird and whatever. I'm still like, yeah, that, that guy is mentally right. troubled. Well, and, it was... and so it, it gives him more weight. Like you're saying, yeah. there's more gravitas to even if, even when he is being goofy and, and funny and, and absurd, I'm I'm anchored by the reality of the other storyline. And that, I think, plays into each other where you, you don't just go, oh, he's just a clown. Yeah. Well, and that's it pretty helped. awesome. The, those scenes where, like, he visited and inter- interacted with the hairstylists. You're right. It helped ground that because he you could see how sort of insecure he was, yeah. but at the same time trying to work through those insecurities of just, like, having to be in a room full of people selling yeah. his hair. Yeah, and how like, they react to him, you, you know, plays off of that. Yeah. Where they're like, what the fuck is And this? he knows that, too. Yeah. But yeah. he's trying to so hard to just, like be respectful and play into social norms yeah (laughs) yep and he can't do it which is great right like to the like the i think the key moment is when he he calls her a bitch and he's like i mean a woman and it's like holy shit like he's deranged yeah like in the worst way and you kind of see it in this moment where he he doesn't have not that we didn't think this but like he doesn't have this sort of impulse control like he he's so in his whatever like craziness yeah. world or, or obsession and that not, he, 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 you know, he's chomping at the bit all the time. Not to get too off topic, but how much do you think, and we can, I guess we could put it in the context of this film, but how much do you think that is a repercussion of a society that doesn't allow his strangeness, you know? Sure. No, I think there's a lot to, I mean, not that I know, I, I'm I'm not well versed in Japanese culture at all. So you can maybe I mean I'm not, me a little just, bit better. I've just been, <laughs> but right, and but I got the feeling that you know some of the the larger subtextual themes are like, what does it mean to try and improve your aesthetic and to be a good person, and like what does that mean in within the context of of this culture, and the shame or the guilt around that potentially um which i think was you know again in tetsuo and in juan we see a lot of that sort of shame um and guilt thematic stuff going on so there's there's certainly overarching themes right you just say that word shame and i think of like stoic japanese culture he shamed my family really? oh, I yeah. Am shamed. oh yeah 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 sure the deep right. bow yeah so yeah i think that's seems to be a pretty you know um critical part of of the culture yeah which reminds Um, me what was that line at the beginning that we both laughed at was like you shouldn't be disrespectful for someone just because they're a weirdo oh oh because they're creepy just because they're creepy you shouldn't judge them just because they're creepy and we're like "Mm, i i mean i'm with you (laughs) it's like but also how do you not it seemed more fragile there in japanese versus like here 
you know, American and maybe take note a bit more as like, oh, why? Of course we judge. Right. But it's like, I don't know. There, it seems like it's such maybe a more predominantly, they're all aware of it being just under the surface. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. here. We are quick to be like, oh, that's weird. Well, and and I mean that sort of speaks to the the idea of like covering up your your demons, so to speak, like the things that you don't want the world to see. And I think there's actually a lot of that in this movie. Um, obviously, with the sister, who's just the worst person, right? Like, what was her name? Do you remember? The sister? No, yeah. I just remember uh, we were I looking for she, it. I don't know if she had a name. So this, but the sister who's abusing her kid, mommy. Um, the kid's name is mommy. Yeah. Um, which confused me a little bit a couple <laughs> times. And I was like, anyway, doesn't matter. So, but this sort of like covering up and taking responsibility for shit. Like she's the example. The sister is the example of somebody who's just said, "I don't give a fuck what society thinks." Like so far as like I'll I'll beat my kid up in front of people I'll, you know steal your things yeah yeah she just she has complete disregard for that and on the flip side you have Yuko who's who's trying really hard to keep up appearances and she presents herself in that way and even the the sort of talking her life like narrating her life thing mm-hmm. is almost an example of like let's keep the sort of facade and the cheeriness of life outward like she's literally expressing the good things that are happening in her life right like it's a beautiful day and i'm going i'm riding my bike through this town and she's you know so to be so i thought this was very odd at first but now you after watching the entire film you kind of go oh there there is sort of some deeper levels to why you even have a character who's doing that like that's representative of how that character views the world and in deep contrast to kind of what i would consider the real bad guy of the movie which is the sister mm-hmm. um and i guess you could you could argue the merits of the hair fetishist being the bad guy for sure but in... he just seems so much he was just like being him yeah and there was <laughs> so you know this covering the, the sort of the culture around covering the the you know the the warts so to speak um is is played upon in this and i think in a good way and it speaks also to the larger sense of like when depending on how bad the the somebody has been wronged um with with the actual do we ever get a name for the body i don't know i forget i don't think so um but, you know, she was it was implied that it was sort of a sex trafficking thing. Right. But it was like organ yeah. the, like she's had her organs. She, removed. I so think she was wrong because she had her organs taken or something. Yeah. So whatever that crime is, I guess it's stealing people's organs and killing them. Um, you're getting a um, you know, that's such a such a deep wrong to have happened to somebody that you you know, the powers that be, whatever that is, can't help but seek out some sort of um, retribution, I guess. Um, the mysterious powers. Yeah, yeah. The, so I don't know why. The, the ghostly, it, yeah, the you know, supernatural. I guess I wonder whether or not having it be hair is a, is there a deeper meaning to that? I guess the only one I can think of is that when we, we take pride in our appearance and 
you know, we, we, we value people a lot of the time. And the hair fetishist is sort of the extreme example of this, where he's like, literally filming people looking he's like do you have good hair do you have good hair do you have good hair well okay we gotta i want to keep moving down the list and i can segue cool i think i think in a way i'm i'm excited about here for um what you just brought up how how first you said sort of the idea of like the the covering warts Mm -hmm. is like a a societal thing you know or, or picking up on in the story but then how you're just saying um the uh how how there's a different kind of appreciation for appearance and aesthetics as well, where it's sort of this question of like, well, what's just covering warts, quote unquote, and what is just um, enjoying something beautiful or appreciating something beautiful or wanting to be beautiful just for what that is right. without the context of as if it's saying something else is bad. Like, can't one say this is good without it inherently meaning the expense is... Because what that does is that instantly puts the... Ex- makes a dichotomy exist of saying right. if something's good then that has to be bad so right, right. that means there's warts to cover so like i thought that was um i liked the scene you reminded me about or you, you reminded me about the scene where um she gives that speech to to the kid about like why she got into hairstyling and it sort of is like a flashback and she says she used to watch her mom get her hair cut Right. And she thought it was the most incredible thing to see yeah. someone be transformed right. yeah. and to see sort of like a different appearance take place that just sort of, and that, that you could tell by the way she was talking about it. She was a sort of in awe of a certain kind of beauty of her mother, right. her world at large. So is that, and hearing her, you know, tell that story about her, you know, kid self inspired her just so sweetly. It's hard to make her feel like, you know, it's, it's something reprehensible to to think of it and as if she's you know wanting to cover warts <laughs> right well i yeah hmm. but i like that speech a lot in that section yeah i agree i think that it's a it, we're towing a really fine line between you know in a way the, interestingly i think the the use of literally hair extensions so if you pick this apart a little bit i just punched my mic if you pick this apart a little bit um, you can cut your own hair, right? Or, I mean, you can have somebody cut your hair. It's your hair, right? And you can, in the pure, let's just say, quote unquote, in the pure form of that, the hairstylist cuts your hair, but it's it's you. They're transforming you. Like she she admired her mom's ability to do that. When you add, you're adding a thing, the extension, It's it's like a foreign object right you're you're almost i could see it being taken as that you're almost um sort of taking it one step too far in that you're you're no longer using sort of the natural parts of you you're taking something else and adding to that and in that and that can be considered the line between um what would you call this um the line between uh shit <laughs> like what's real and not real well, appearance you mean yeah not i don't mean real i mean sort of what's what's okay and then what's too much mm-hmm. right you're you're crossing a line uh into almost like not arrogance but wow my brain um well you're on quite the train yeah <laughs> so but i think i'm sort of getting my point across that 
the hair extension is one step too far and in in a in the weird way of like now now you're being um well i think the whole i'm having a brain melt i think the the horror that that (laughs) i hear what you're saying though i think like the horror that plays on that though is like when if like you know if someone has hair extensions and you see them for the first time you don't you don't question it if they're well you know that's real as far as you know it um and so i don't don't know there's I'm, i'm trying to connect that to like the the horror that comes from the idea that hair is can can exist in such proportions in this story and like doesn't have rules or bounds as to how it like exists and what it can come out of it sort of (laughs) it it breaks that sort of like oh the hair extensions are fake and that's her real hair and so this is you know her real beauty and this is her her construct beauty it sort of in its own way breaks down that line you see what i'm saying does that make any sense anyone (laughs) yeah have we derailed ourselves completely (laughs) well so i think let's having said all of that let's sort of get into a little bit more of the specifics of what's working (laughs) with the hair yes so and in horror so you know we're this is a horror podcast so for me i hate hair like generally speaking (laughs) like hair on your head great no problem but hair that is in places that it doesn't really belong like basically anywhere other than your head and your eyebrows (laughs) and i guess facial hair but like let's say from the neck down i'm really just personally i don't like i don't like hair like spindly weird hair or like patches of hair or like whatever and this takes that into my personal nightmare realm there is hair (laughs) i don't want to look at your chest hair um so this takes it into the worst case scenario for me because the even on me like i don't like when i realize because you get older and hair grows in weird places and you go what the fuck dude like why is there hair growing there like on your fucking shoulders or Mm. like on your the back of your fucking tricep well, it or whatever. kind of like the, it's it it really it's like this, for me this, i don't like it this connects the, the this connects the dots from like just hair growing on your body to like that fear of when you watch those like um those planet earth bbc documentaries of like fungus growing out of oh, something or like hairy th- fungus. it is no that is exactly it like that the visceralness of like things that feel like they don't belong there mm-hmm. is really intense for me and hair specifically like keys in on that for me but this is this thing i love body horror like i don't i'm not talking about like torture porn i i like body horror i like metamorphosis shit the fly like that shit is so viscerally like upsetting to me but makes me excited and i'm like i there was a moment in this movie where i literally covered my eyes (laughs) like i had to put my hands over my eyes and i'm obviously (laughs) looking through my fingers because i'm not gonna look away but i like had that i was like i i have the impulse where i'm like i need i need to put my fucking hands up because this girl is pulling a fucking hair out of her eyeball and it keeps coming and that is to me like the greatest fucking body horror type of shit like i love that so much yeah it's so upsetting to me but it's like 
gleefully upsetting. And then it upped the stakes when it, if it coming out of her eye wasn't enough, then they would come literally out of the eyeball, poking out. I know. out of the like, eyeballs. Just hair in places like on your tongue and like coming out of your fucking cheeks and just that under the fingernails, like under the skin, the hair, hair under the skin is so disgusting of a concept to me that like their ability to show that it was, it didn't matter that there was sort of a little, uh, I think limitation maybe on the, the special effect at times you could kind of see the special effect. I did not care. It was still fucking great. Mm -hmm. And so skin crawling like made me want to just jump out of the room. But that to me, that's what you want with this type of movie. You want to be sent down that path because what else are we doing here? Right. Like why else would you put this movie on if that if you're not getting that? I'd be really disappointed if I didn't get that out of this movie. And it had a pretty good progression too. Oh, yeah. I I mean, of extremes and exactly like a good mix of how hair would kind of mess with people. Like I loved when she was hung by her hair and was stretching out <laughs> her scalp yep. and all that. And, yeah. And like, um, I'm so that's a good example where I didn't mind that you sort of are like, yeah, that's you can kind of see the CGI in that. I didn't care. The idea was too strong. Right. Uh, yeah. And th- I mean, that's awesome that that's happening. You know what I mean? Like if you can, if your idea trumps the, the whatever sort of lacking you have in the visual, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even lacking in the visual, but in the, the execution, I guess the visual execution, because the visual itself of her hanging from her, from those, you know, multiple strands of hair was awesome. So it just didn't matter that it was a little CG or whatever, like visible. Right. It's too strong uh, Um, for that to matter. But um, so, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Hair, this this really this really touches a nerve for me. I mean, I literally if I'm (laughs) if I could, you know, the claw game in like arcades where Mm -hmm. you try to grab a. Yes. Stuffed animal or whatever. If there was a claw game that could grab my head and lift me up and dip me into a vat of nair and pull me out and I'd have no hair from my neck down, I'd I'd be cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, give me that machine. But then then the thing is, then then it'd grow back fuller (laughs) and in more spots than before. Fuck. And hopefully not in fast in fast real time though like this film yeah um we were talking about you know how much how how evil the mom and her boyfriend were um, yeah well yeah to connect to like the horror we were just talking about the hair horror like at a certain point when you know when i was just feeling gross from just what they were doing and how mm-hmm. much i hated them i realized oh wait this is a horror movie they're gonna get their comeuppance yeah. and big time they did I love that. That paid off seeing them, well, get that comeuppance where it was, it was cool because it was from the perspective of the girl in the closet for, for a lot of it. So it was kind of just like, oh man, it's so intense. What's going on out there? You know, it it let your imagination play in a little bit, but then also like slam them against the window. Well, and I think they did a really smart thing because in a way, the way that scene is depicted is really helpful for us the audience that's feeling the weight of you know such a serious issue as abuse in that 
by putting the camera in the sort of little cubby hole that that the girl has been put in and having the action of those deaths happen outside of that where she can't really see it we're effectively in a place where we're protecting that kid do you know what i mean like the filmmaker is protecting that kid Mm -hmm. for us and i think that's important like we needed that like imagine that you do that scene where the kid is in the middle of the room and you're seeing all of that and you know that the kid is seeing all of that it's too upsetting that kid's had enough abuse that's right (laughs) so in this weird way we get in in the catharsis of that the, the abusers being killed we're also getting some protection for the kid from those deaths which is important for that kid that character it also just amped us. up the suspense of like totally of like you know the, the raptors in the kitchen are they gonna see yeah. us yeah yeah but i think on both sides you know it's it's servicing the story and it's servicing the audience and in a way servicing the character all at once and that's that's good i mean yeah it's really well done decision making yeah um and you know it's still scary for her and for us but I think it's it was an important choice to make to protect her in in that moment. Yeah. Um. I just want to get down a list here of I, I almost wanted to put this in things of note as far as uh, th- things that felt like the filmmakers Sion Sono staples almost. Mm. I've just seen a, I've, cool. he has tons of films and I've only seen like you know uh, what two and a half other ones, but you know sure. there's plenty to pick up on. Yeah. <laughs> in those. Um. But yeah, some some staples of his. I was gonna put them in things of note, but I'm like, no, these all worked for me, so cool. I'll put them here. So like the the frenetic shooting and editing style, mm-hmm. like you remember, like even just the montage at the beginning when she's just going around town on yeah. the bike, you'll have like oh just uh, just like a, a one and a half second shot here, boom yep. boom boom coming at you. Everything's very like handheld. It's like they're just very in there much, fucking yeah. cranking this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was seeing uh, some staple. Um, and then what worked for me too, which I recognized from his other films, is repeated musical refrains of like classical music or recognizable tunes. Right. So in this one, it was that um, that classical guitar piece. You know, very soothing. She's going around. They came back to that a few times. And they also have a Christmas tune. Yeah, it was what is it, was it silent, silent night? night yeah i think so yeah um and uh and then i mean we already we already over extinguished you know about the 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 com putting ex- extreme heavy stuff next to silly crazy mm-hmm. out there stuff but that is also very much that's his that's his a thing <laughs> that's cool yeah. uh like suicide club was another one of his which oh, is really? like yeah nice um you know kid, I, kids committing suicide jesus but i would like... say you know just going down a sort of a, a quick list of 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 moments um the obviously all of the hair stuff i loved um the 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 fine the sort of the final fight which i think will will get to probably your favorite mo- uh, moment of this but in the final fight, the, there's a there's a tongue grab that comes out of nowhere. The Yuko grabs the fetishist's tongue. That was your biggest holy reaction. Shit, I lost my mind. It was so it was so unexpected to me 
Like, <laughs> I could see them doing it where she just grabs his tongue and yanks him down, but they went a step further and they made a prosthetic, like, elastic tongue that she pulls on and it stretches unnaturally. And I fucking loved that so much. Kim went, oh! I had, like, jumped up out of his couch. It was so amazing. Yeah, I, w- I had been lounging back for most of this movie, like, pretty much almost laying you know prone and that i popped up so fast was on the edge of my seat it was so good uh yeah that was beautiful and that led into i think oh one one other thing the design of yamazaki's like apartment or whatever i have that too is so awesome it's 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 very in contrast to a lot of the other the rest of the movie kind of lives in in reality like it's shot very realistically and the design is realistic it's a place it's a you know apartment and a hair shop and all no, that. this had the like his little hovel his like christmas yeah. piece hovel had yes. like uh it was really well lit and shot yes. it had a mood to it and an atmosphere and even putting the woman's body in this hammock so that the hair can droop over it as it grows like all of that design yeah. stuff was awesome it, see, it was like a twisted seaside peewee's playhouse yeah. kind of too where he just had a sense of all his little like tvs and things yeah around. i really love that um but that gets us to no no wait oh, that, you that gets us that that also <laughs> gets us to something i really i i i, I liked and appreciated with his character was how like this is just this is this does feel like the japanese thing where it's like you know when 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 you just see like the commercials and stuff we just we just always go oh that's so weird that's crazy or whatever so when they do but that's their normal so when they do something that's like weird creepy crazy anything that's you know extra normal description like that which this character was the hair fetishist Mm -hmm. Like, I just love that there's, you can't even, our our instinct is to like figure it out, quote unquote, or to like know what it is. Like, oh yeah, this guy's, this is this kind of weirdo. This is this kind of, this is this kind of misanthrope. But no, it's just, it's so beyond that you just have to throw up your hands Mm -hmm. and just be like, okay yeah and i love that because people just so much they like need to know and figure out so to just have a character that you can't do that with is uh very very yeah enjoyable like the first me. time we see him sort of out of his work gear and in just like life gear he's wearing a wig and a hat and like an american flag shirt and, and peace signs and hearts yeah and i just it's like huh that's weird and then you see him again and he's got a different wig on and you're just like okay sure okay I'm just going to go with it because that's who this guy is. Hair fetishes with not going to worry about also it. like is into Christmas. <laughs> OK, like I can get OK. He has wigs. and OK, I kind of get that. OK, yeah. Then he's a fan of and he has a tricycle he rides around on. He plays yeah. guitar. He has an American fetishism, too. He has a hippie <laughs> fetishism. It's just like great. Great. You just can't have to throw your hands up. So. So, well, he certainly got his cup up and which as well is what Ryan is referring to as his sort of pinnacle moment I, mm. and i agree this is an amazing moment this is in de- this is why we watch these films folks <laughs> so if you haven't seen this I, we hope you've been enjoying us uh and oh, uh, along for the ride and that you've seen this but uh the moment we're talking about is yes when the the trichophile which is the word for hair fetishist oh. when he gets his like i keep saying the word cup and it's come up and come up and so so first so, so so it's 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 the 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 grudge 
haha of uh mm-hmm. of the hair the curse of the hair exacting its final satisfactory revenge on him and it cuts him cuts him up into at, it, into a few four pieces <laughs> a few pieces uh you know like the head somewhere in the middle somewhere legs but in such a way where it it the 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 tears away like instantaneous you know quickly enough large enough portions right. that he that those existing parts um collapse into himself yeah so so he he resembles a a gnome almost yeah it's of, sort of like like a mr potato head gnome yes. of like his his um his his coat his hair his his face his actual his actual person too has fallen off it's fallen on top of each other in yeah, stacked. pieces stacked on thank you yeah and if that wasn't enough oh and his tongue's hanging out that's right and that was beautiful that was so exciting oh my god it was it's a great kill but then he is still alive yeah he takes a few <laughs> steps in this form tongue hanging out with his feet bloop, bloop, bloop. like a li- like a little like a little muppet it was one of the best things i've ever seen oh man it was hilariously good yeah i guess i'm like this is this is it just reinstilled my love for everything tim uh yeah, it's pretty amazing. Watch this film just for that. Yeah. If you haven't. But I hope you've seen it as uh, is tradition here on Dismembering Horror. We hope you're watching the film with us. Yeah. Um, only one last little thing and things that worked for me was just I uh, wanted to talk about more is like you talked about at the beginning when she's speaking to camera on the bicycle and mm-hmm. setting up the story and just sort of it's like blanket obvious exposition. Right. That which yeah, is your instinct is like, oh that's just well, that's blanket obvious exposition. Shouldn't be working. Um and it worked for like the reasons you were saying mm-hmm. um earlier, which was it was how did you put it? Like Well it's sort of her her we're we're getting a character, you know, development that she views the world a certain way. Right. Right. So so but it was cool what also worked for or how it also worked, it was it it started, it was sort of a continuation of her and the roommate talking to mm-hmm. each other where they were like play playing. Yeah. They were like acting like they were in a theater show knowingly and just saying right. like, this is who I am. This is how many months I've been working this job. I yeah. come from here, da, da, da. And you're just like almost want to cringe at just like the, you know, the, the sheer exposition of it. But another Sion Sono staple, this was in my list of things, is just, he doesn't care. He's, oh, no. He's, this is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He's so just, like, knocking these films out and just doing what he wants to do that, like, it just works. It shows, it it demonstrates how confidence in filmmaking mm. goes a long, long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't undercut yourself. You gotta, if, if you're gonna, especially making a movie like this, and I assume... A lot of his other stuff is in the same vein of just this is how you do it, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the thing I'm making. <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about fucking anything. I'm gonna make my thing. And he doesn't. And that's great. Um, cool. Let's Every artist should should prescribe to that. Yes, or ascribe to that, whichever it is. All fucking, right. This is how it goes. Live by that. That's true. Good. Um, things that didn't work for us. Yeah, I think we should move into it. I think we could go on and on with things exactly. that did, but let's move into it. 
It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> All right, what do you have? Not much. I I, I got a little kind of, I think the pacing at times kind of dragged out a little bit for me. But then, like we were saying, you, you do get popped back into the flip side of things and, in, in, you know, you'll you'll jump to the hair fetishist and, and kind of get pulled out of it. But there is a there's a lot of time spent with Yuko and the kid and that whole situation that I wondered at times if if you couldn't have condensed it a little bit and then I thought well I don't know if that's if you would want to maybe it's playing to the proper effect but that's kind of it for yeah me. it just I, there I, were moments where I was like we are on the exact same page because I was like struggling to figure out why I just didn't love this movie you know why it's a mm-hmm. rent and not mm-hmm. a buy for me and that was the first thing my mind went to was like pacing like at times I just felt like maybe I wasn't in it as much but i remembered enjoying watching it all so yeah like like what you said i thought maybe cut some of this cut some of that but i couldn't figure it out so maybe we could kind of figure it out well hesitation is i think one of the things that i noticed um was there's very little narrative thread to hold on to in in regards to the connection between the the A story and the B story, right? Like whichever one you want to. Yeah, we assign. knew they were gonna collide, but it but just it took just a long time for them to collide, and yeah. so we're really kind of just living in these two stories separate to each other for a lot of the movie, and I think that might be what was kind of causing it to feel like it's dragging out, is because, you know, in in a different type of movie, you're kind of getting. Um, you're getting overlapping. You're sort of, you're with somebody and then it's like, meanwhile, but then the meanwhile connects back to the A story and you sort of can, you can follow the trajectory of those two stories in in a comfortable way and know that they're, you're leading to something. This, I did not at any point really know where we were going. Right, so yeah, because I, I could see that maybe because the, when you have the the family drama stuff going on, the girl coming over asking if she can stay there, maybe it's kind of just like, oh well, well, okay, like this is because right. that that it, it was it was well done, but it was maybe nothing special, like it's just as a as a drama yeah. piece. So well, and and they're literally these two stories are literally disconnected from each other. They have nothing to do with each other. They only overlap insofar as that the hair fetishist drops off extensions to her shop. And she is a hairstylist, so we know right. that it's but somehow out, outside of that, yeah. it there's no like deeper connection. There's no connection for her and the, the you know the woman who the, the body that the hair is growing out right, of. So if so if that was figure if that was done stronger somehow maybe maybe I'm not even sure if it like th- this is a fine line for me because you don't want everything to just be fate right like i think that trope that it all has meaning and it all is because of a higher purpose can get you in trouble right like i thought when she was giving the fantasy of or or her memory of telling about the they were of uh you know watching her mother get her hair cut i talked about they didn't show the guy cutting the hair for the long time Mm. i thought it was going to be the twist and it was going to be the hair fetishist or something yeah i mean i mean i guess that's sort of it like i love twists and i love things being interconnected and a lot of the stuff that i write i i lean into that 
but I think you can get in trouble and it's not always necessary. You like this movie. I don't know if it would have benefited from having a, a, a sort of connected through line thread that, that helps. Yeah, no, it would have been helps things mean something or make sense. I, I just don't think it necessarily needs. Well, it. maybe this was just that puts it more in line of just being a horror yarn mm-hmm. that wouldn't benefit for those things. In which case I would say, yeah, find a way maybe to make it 10 minutes shorter. Yeah. No, I think you're right, actually. It, it, shaving about 10 minutes may have solved that mm-hmm. completely. But I hope that, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I didn't have and things that didn't work was this of this trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> like, so uh, I have, speaks pretty strongly. I have but... one other thing. Man, I didn't... Was it your cobweb continuity? Oh, yes, yes. I have Get it one out of the com- way. I have one cobweb continuity. It's so lame. But... Uh, when the hair fetishist comes in, I think it's when he's selling or not selling, but he's giving them the hair extensions. He's got a little, like a little hat on and it, it's sort of shaped like a Smurf hat where like yeah. the lump is in the front. You know what I mean? It's yes. like a, what, get, what? <laughs> so from one shot to the next, the lump goes from being in the front to being in the back. And I just thought it was amusing. It didn't bother me. I just noticed it. <laughs> don't look at me that way <laughs> I, uh, I know it's i'm learning that it's more and more irrelevant <laughs> so but i'm just saying i noticed it i have a good amount of things of note can we okay, get to yeah. that yeah let's do it things of note <laughs> this should be interesting Uh, I we had already kind of alluded to this, but I thought definitely noteworthy. Uh, and this this is from the the with the Wikipedia uh, summary for some context. Yamazaki explains that after her organs were harvested, the girl's hair continued to grow, carrying on her grudge against society. Mm. And then blah 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 blah. After you know the main bad dude hair fetishist dies, her grudge is satisfied. So I gotta connect it to the grudge, sure. Juan. Yeah, of course. That's just more of um, yeah, of 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 ill ill things leaving some sort of mark. And well, you know, I remember while we were watching this, having this thought. I'm like, this is, you know, th- we're seeing this theme in in these J horror movies, but pretty much the same thing is used in Western horror, but it's almost always very specifically to the ghost story construct. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I'm not a huge fan of Ghost Story Construct because in 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 Western Ghost Story, generally the construct is, you know, a place is being haunted and there's a spirit there and the spirit's angry and nobody knows why and there's a thing to solve and then you solve the thing because you find out that the ghost had a wrong, you know, was wronged in some way. They kind of Western wise, they they reveal it late, right? It's 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 the answer is given in the third act. Oh yeah, as to why, and I think there's something that I just don't love about that. Maybe just because it's a trope that's been done over and over and over again. I've seen it so many times that you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like she, the witch is mad because right. she got hung in the tree, and who Ooh. gives a shit, <laughs> exactly. right? But in this, 
we're be, we're getting it at the front and we got it in the in juan we got it at the right. front and you, so it's effective you can let it go yeah and then you can just see the consequences well it, it's a what's what's i just said it's effective and i think that's because it um it puts us automatically closer to the unknown mm. aspects you're yeah. like because i mean that's what you want to do in a horror movie is anything that we could possibly know factual things get it done up front or make us not care about it yeah you know because then it's like well then 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 you have uh, nothing to hang your hat on and that's what's scary right yeah um uh, i we already mentioned or talked about our moments of exclaiming and getting excited tim with the tongue grab me with the little the little um puppet <laughs> yeah the, little, <laughs> the guy taking a few steps after he should be dead and so good. tongue hanging out but that was noteworthy because i never sit up and yeah and exclaim that i had to that was incredible i felt um, like we, you know we finally hit our stride yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it was interesting how this felt how it was example of like it's body horror, but it's gore-less. Like, oh, we, d- we didn't talk about, Pretty we had, much. like, the scissors cutting hair and oh, blood yeah. came out. That made me cringe. Totally. That was effective. Yeah. But there was just something interesting and noteworthy about, I think, that it was gore-less horror, yet still For the most part, yeah. body. Yeah. I mean, there's some slashes here and there, but it's pretty, you're right, it's gore-less. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, hair. I'm fine with that. Lens the hair itself. was enough it, it's unique Oof. unto hair i think yeah. is why it's interesting dude hair coming out of things is so fucked up i just and not enough to make you bleed though Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, when when they open her chest up in the autopsy in the first scene and a big fucking like wig, wig of hair comes out i just i'm like fucking I, just the chunks of hair on the <laughs> tongue it's so oh god it's so I I thought it was noteworthy. I was absolutely tickled by the idea, knowing how, like, you know, on films you shoot out a location first. Just the idea of imagining for, like, a week they were probably, they were at this location of the the hair fetishist's Mm. place. Like, we were excited about that location and the details into it. Something about that I just wanted to point out. That's a funny thought. That's a fun thought, knowing if you've seen it, that, uh... They were just with this dude, in this place covered with hair, in this weird Christmas light lit place for like a week. All yeah. these, all these people. Um, I have a couple little things that I just don't know what to think of, so I'm putting them here. It's really one thing, but there, it happens a few times with different characters. There's a couple characters that are just fucking kind of assholes. Like the the sister aside, like we know she's an asshole and she's harsh asshole. Like that. Phew. But there are other people, like one of the cops, <laughs> at one point when they're they're sort of talking to the hair fetishist, because he's, he's the coroner or whatever, right? Um, or he works in the morgue. And the hair fetishist sort of smiles about the body being gone or whatever. And the cop just, like, grabs him and slams him onto the table, like, super aggressively. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, calm down, everybody. It's not that big a deal. Like, how does that help us in any way? Like, what the fuck? And then the um, the woman who's running the store, the the hair salon, is so, she's so cutthroat. Like, yeah. Like, unne- like that I don't know. It kind seems... of realistic, though, her at least. 
I thought it was like you better get too much. So, like I get where she's coming from, but holy shit! I can like, see that happening in that situation of like <laughs> her though. That I bought it when she was like, "You better get your personal orders, dude, uh, affairs in order." She's compassionless. Like yeah. what the hell? Like obviously some shit's going on, and a kid is being dropped. Like that's a you know have a little bit of I don't know. It made yeah. me. It just made me be like, man, you're you're harsh <laughs> well it worked as good contrast to um yeah. to her uh, yuko's optimism yeah for sure um in an in just more context in sion sono's work here uh love exposure the one i love so much it's like shot on video and shot even more like like even more frenetic if mm-hmm. you could believe it or not it does not let up the pacing some of his other films i've seen that seem to have almost like a straight to video look to him too um, so it was really cool seeing in this one, the super like well lit, well shot, um, bad guys enclave, yeah. uh, it just sort of showed me it's like, oh, all that is just, it's just like, it, it, it's just like, he's using what's in his tool set. Like he's, is he's like, oh, he can do that when he wants. It's just mm-hmm. that like, I just thought that was interesting that it wasn't any sort of, you know, mark of not, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was, um, I guess this probably could have gone in the things that worked, but like you're saying, there's a mostly kind of handheld stuff. There are like one or two shots in this that are really just lovely contrast to that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is when mommy is inside Yuko's house and the sister is banging on the door outside. And it's this moment before she decides to open the door for her, which we all know she shouldn't. That was heartbreaking. That it's scene. a really great camera move. It's a low to high canted um, angle and it pans and cants the other way as she crosses frame. So you get this very off kilter feel in this moment that's just it's sort of one of those things where you just go i'm in good hands right like when a director takes this very particular moment of intense you know story decision and says i'm gonna pause everything i've been doing stylistically and do this other thing that speaks really importantly to this moment from a camera oh, perspective. It made, you know what? You're so right. Because that moment really stood out to me as being effective of like just that gut wrenchingness of like how horrible for like the mother figure to be, you know, putting on her trust me voice and saying whatever right. she can. And we know as soon as the door is unlocked, yeah. it's going to change. And it was just, it, it brought the weight to that moment it needed how it was shot. You're right. I think it's a really good lesson in filmmaking that when you, you know, like pick a couple, at least one really, really important moment in your film, whatever it is, and and change your style for that one moment is I'm not saying do this all the time, but it's a good thing to think about. Well, it's cool. It shows him. It shows he's going like, all right, for this stuff, I'm just it's just getting the story that is in the lines. But this is when I do need to. Yeah. Make this feel a certain way. Um, I was looking at a review of uh, this film and they found this bit of info here that when asked at a recent uh, screening or uh, at a post screening Q and a, when Sion Sono was asked, what do you think about modern J horror and all the American remakes? He replied, I don't care. 
<laughs> my man <laughs> and um lastly i have just two uh just two two um actors to point out hikari mitsu mitsushima she had a super bit part in this one she was like one of the hairstylists you like would barely catch her uh mm. she was like kind of um kind of uh, uh what's it, like like bundled up and punky and kind of like oh, a okay. punk yeah, haircut yeah, yeah. uh she is the star of love exposure oh so it was cool to see like i don't i guess that's you know it was it was i, I wasn't sure if this came out before or after when i was watching it so i was like oh either this is where she was almost discovered or now she's being relegated to this role one of the two but this was right before love exposure and if you're a fan of that it's more just pointing out because it was fun to see her even just in glimpses in this one because you love both the stars of that film by the end of it and then the other little um yeah our our our, our lead actor mm-hmm. yuko did you recognize her i did and i couldn't figure out from where oh, her, but she has now, that distinct yes, nose i know i knew i knew i know i knew her from something i couldn't figure it out but i, I know well that. yeah just a few years earlier she was go go in kill bill volume yep. one yep 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 she also is a singer did you know that no yep she's got a couple albums and I don't know. But it was neat because Go Go and Kill Bill, I like recognized her as just being so just sort of like sinister. And... Oh yeah, I mean this is stark contrast <laughs> yeah. to that character. So, but actually, it, it makes sense that that's who you cast for Go Go. Yeah, right. Like because aesthetically, you're thinking this. You know, they're leaning on this schoolgirl thing, and then having her character be this fucking intensely crazy badass, right? So. It's, I think it's smart casting when you kind of take opposites. I mean, mm-hmm. they're playing off of her girlishness, I guess, mm-hmm. which is great too. But it's... She could do both really well, yes, though. Yes, for sure. And so I'm sure and it feels like, I guess it seems like she's had a good career. Yeah. Servingly so. Uh, all I had for things that were interesting or noteworthy, Tim Aslan. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, see this movie for sure. I, there's, there's a lot more... Well, I feel like we kind of are only scratching the surface in a lot of ways. Still so much that happened. Yeah. Little moments within. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Just, you know, muscle muscle through the lulls, I think, is my advice. As, as soon as you're feeling it, they'll de-lull, though. Yeah. Um, all right. Recommendations. Um, I guess for me right now, sort of a sad, a sad... I know we're backlogging these a little bit, but so this will have come and gone. But um, Stan Lee, the sort of Marvel Comics godfather, passed away yesterday. And it's a bummer for me because he was a big deal for me growing up. And I read all that stuff and like learned to draw watching him and videos that he like instructional videos that he put out. Um, so I'd just say, you know, go check out some, some old school Marvel comics, you know? Well, how about as a, as a fan of his and maybe for someone like me who doesn't know a lot about them, is there a specific work appearance or just an interview, something? I I think, mm, well, I mean, actually there is a, um, I think it's an interview that, or, or it's, it's shit. He wrote some really important stuff on like equality and diversity and like civil rights and i think that's what was one of the things that made him kind of so successful is that 
um, a lot of most of his characters are, are people first and become superheroes. And that's sort of, you know, a big tenant of, of the popularity of his characters. Could you find um, like an article like that and put it in our show yeah, notes? I'll look this art because I saw it earlier. I'll look it up and we'll we'll throw it in there. Cool. Um, yeah, on our website. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. I mean, he's a good dude. I'm I'm sure that there are people who there he has his detractors, but by and large, I think he lived a really good life and you know helped change a lot of people's lives through his work. So that's yeah. commendable. So, um, bye, Stanley. Love you. I was using October as an excuse to you know watch watch some horror films I'd been wanting to see but mm. had never seen. And I'd been wanting, I mean, it would have been fun to watch these on our show, but I'm like, you know what? I just want to marathon them. I was curious to see the three Psycho sequels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> which I thought was just two. But then there was there was one made in like the early 90s, like right before Anthony Perkins died, Psycho 4. It's great. So it's they all have Anthony Perkins in them. That amazes me. They all do something different with it. And I could go on about each one. Um, I recommend I, re- I within this recommendation recommended uh, <laughs> Cinemasker's YouTube channel does a some a piece on the Psycho sequels. If you're just curious what they are, it's a good overview. But I enjoyed all of them. It did not taint the original for me, which is of, cool. of course it stands head and shoulders above yeah, them. Of course, but... but like seeing I don't know seeing seeing Anthony Perkins um, and just I just f- fell into the whole the whole world. It was great. I enjoyed them. Psycho 2, 3, and 4, spelled Roman numerically. <laughs> Sweet. And uh, next week. Yes, so next week. And I should, are we going to talk about... Um, we're going to kind of change our methodology of, of how we choose the, the... I think we're still, we're still about a month away from that, though. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Well, then don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, <laughs> whoa, God bless, God bless it. Thank Lovely. you. Yeah, I'm finally. You know, oh, I've yeah, been, we're doing one more J horror. Yeah, one Woo-hoo. more J horror, and like I'm, we have our list of everything we've done, like up in front of us, and like there's way too many that start with the number two. Way too many, I think, that were done in 2000 uh, or later. This is my personal. I get you. This is my personal preference when there's still so. That's the problem. There's still so much out there, and a lot of the times, the stuff that that's on our radar more is things that are going to be out more recently or in our lifetimes. So we yeah. are jumping back for this one to some OGJ. Oh, or G. Jay. From 1964, neither of us have seen Oni Baba, but it'll be interesting to see sort of um, to, to to see the origins of sort of Japanese ghostiness. Yeah, I'm curious to see how or if at all this may have influenced the other stuff we've watched. I'm it, sure it. I'm sure it has. Yeah, and it should be easier for you to track down than X Day Hair Extensions too, which we uh, had to rent on DVD, <laughs> <laughs> which we That's are able right. to do thanks to being in Los Angeles. Yeah um cool all right well you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com i have my own portfolio website that's my name ryan mcduffie m-c-d-u-f-f-i-e.com ryan mcduffie.com yeah you can also twitter us at dishorrorpod and um i you know i have a twitter and an instagram it's just my name tim Aslan. our instagram is what we use more than our t- we'll, we'll we'll respond to you if anyone actually talked to us on our twitter but oh yeah we, right. we post on our instagram which That's is right. not dishorrorpod no is it? our 
Instagram is just dismembering horror. Why is that? That's confusing. Because Twitter has some rule about like your your name, your handle can only be so many letters, and I it, dismembering horror is more letters than they allowed. Great, more reasons be on Instagram <laughs> at dismembering horror. There, yeah. So until next week for Oni Baba. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Be scared all the time. Or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>